episode. There's no way I'd be doing game recaps <laughs> with the way these fuckers have uh, been putting together basketball games. <laughs> What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's the dejected version of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is, I am here. Um, uh, you can find me on the Twitterverse, at Jazz High Notes. Um, uh, you know, he's going to go the distance 49 some other time. He might come on a little bit later, but he's not here right now. So let's go on to the guy who's still talking about Bruno. Uh, the Dragon Squatch himself. Um, uh, what's Logan? Uh, what's up, Logan? Yeah, usually I try to come with something clever to open up when you introduce me, but these guys have me ruined. I've got nothing. These Zero. guys. These guys have. They, I, like they, I said, ruined, they, they ruined my humor. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dejected podcast. I'm, uh, like, I am tired, and I'm like, part of me is like, I, do, why record a podcast that no one's going to listen to? Because right now, nobody wants to listen to a jazz podcast. But I'm like, you know what? There's some feelings that I think people need to get out. And so we, we call out, he, he brings a Z in the Gen Z. Um, uh, you know, the, the host of the Jazzy podcast, um, uh, uh, a founding member of the uh, Jazz Pod Co-op. Uh, what's up, Brian Priest? Hey, how's it going, folks? And uh, who I got to I got to correct you real quick. You didn't call on me. I reached out to you <laughs> on uh, what was it? Uh, uh, after the Lakers after lost. After the loss yeah. to the Lakers. And I said, put me on the pod this week. I Fucking dare you! I, I, I would, <laughs> here here's the thing: I would love to have Brian on the pod more often, but this guy is so busy. Uh, we were talking before you know we started recording, but this guy works with David Locke. He um, uh, is a contributor at KSLSports.com. He works with the Utes. Like this guy, is super, and 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 from what I've heard is that you usually go to bed like pretty early. So and we record uh, right now; it's damn near midnight <laughs> on a Thursday night. So um, uh, you're up late with us tonight. You, that's you what, make that's it. That's what I was going to ask. Is Brian just still awake? Is, is he still awake or is he up for the day? Like, I don't know at this point. It, it could go either way, Logan. Uh, you know, who you make it sound like it's so much more important than it is. Facts are, I've I've been hanging out today. I had a free afternoon and I went to the Utah-UCLA game this, this evening. I got home about 10 minutes ago and the Utes just – they came up a little bit short. They didn't have quite what it takes, but I'll tell you, if you come back to me in the uh, 2024 season, Utah's a top 20 program. Uh, if you're a, a, a Jazz slash Utes slash Aggies fan, it's, a, it's been a pretty rough time basketball-wise for, for these guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's get into it because uh, we, we mentioned the Lakers game. Um and let's tell a story about Brian. So we're, I think we were in the spaces together because I, I, I think uh, Beard Grills and uh, and uh, Jared started the spaces, like a little safe space, like, hey, you know, the Lakers <sighs> lost was at the time, I was trying to be positive here, not the worst loss of the season, still a pretty bad loss. Um, and people were coming in, you know, after the Dragon Squatch, we tweeted it out, people were coming in to air their grievances. Brian was in there and, you know, he he had a lot of thoughts and, um, he's DMing me. He's like, he's like, you know, I told him like, Hey, you know, you can come on Thursday. We record late. That's just the nature of our schedules. And he was like, he's like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk to me on Thursday. Uh, also, uh, I probably won't be fired up anymore unless the jazz have another pathetic outing on Wednesday and <laughs> lo and behold, uh, that they go and, um, uh, lose to the rockets at home. Um, you know what dragon? Uh, I haven't heard from you in a week. Just go ahead. You know, air out what you need to air out. Uh, I mean, that, that's such an open-ended, 
opening. There's a lot of there's a lot of angles to go with it, but uh, I mean the the Lakers. I think I said on Twitter, the Lakers just that Lakers loss just broke me. So I'm not really sure how. I mean, I know you like to just to play the the other side, but um, that Lakers loss was devastating. I think it was just it was all the things. Um, there's all the things that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, you know my feelings on the second night of back to back. It's not my my favorite thing to do. And it, it was, yeah, you know you get you get the it, that team is terrible. Um, they're, they're they're playing for their lives, obviously, or whatever their version of their lives are. And it's just it's just you know the Westbrook thing dunking on Gobert makes it extra terrible. They just got manhandled by LeBron. The rest of them, Stanley Johnson goes off. It's just. And I think that's the biggest thing that just the, the, probably got me worse than anything is that this group just seems soft, you know. And like you said, that realization that your team is the soft team. S A W F. And there's not like soft. really like a real like I can't. I'm not smart enough like all the the, the brilliant tweeters out there who have all the, the the game film and break down the offense, defensive breakdowns. I can't put it on one thing that makes me feel like I've lost faith in the group. But I just I've lost it. And that game was the I was kind of teetering back and forth, but that was just a super soft loss. Super soft and just got punked by a team that's really got nothing left that went out. I thought maybe this would be the, the kickstart for the Lakers, right? And no, sure enough, they come out and lose the Pacers the next night, right? <laughs> the Pacers are just, so, hey, the Pacers are rolling through everybody right yeah, let's, now. Let, so. let's, not, let's not pretend like the Pacers are good, though. I'm just, let's just call it uh, what it is. But. Pacers have, um, uh, Pacers have uh, four wins over um, uh, uh, playoff-bound Western teams. Uh, the Warriors, the Lakers, and twice against the Jazz. Um, all right, Brian, so um, uh, you're the guest here. Uh, you have a laundry list of things. Uh, you know, just pick pick something from your laundry list. I, I don't doesn't matter. Just go for it, man. We we have about an hour in this podcast, so. Well, I I mean, who you already mentioned this off the top. I messaged you at the end of that Lakers game, and I I actually feel it it was kind of poetic justice today as my wife and I were headed home from the Utah UCLA game. We stopped at Taco Bell. And I tried to order uh, just very simple crunch wrap Supreme. That should be easy at Taco Bell, right? Well, apparently nothing's, nothing's easy for Taco Bell. Let's get no, that part. So. No, that's it, nothing is easy for Taco Bell. But apparently, Taco Bell on Fourth North in Salt Lake or on uh, Four Hundred South in Salt Lake City was out of burritos tonight, so they had no. Crunchwrap Supremes and no burritos available to the public. And that's kind of how I felt after that Lakers game was I was <laughs> expecting jazz basketball and there was nary a Crunchwrap Supreme to be found. And I, I, I watched like the third quarter. I started to feel I almost tweeted out and I stopped myself. I almost said, who is what is this jazz team that almost looks like the Utah Jazz. Glad I didn't tweet that out because they just, they fell apart. And I have so many complaints. There's so many directions that I could go, whether you want to complain about the makeup of the roster or the toughness of the guys on the roster, or if you want to talk about game planning, or if you want to talk about, uh, you know, just minute management and Quinn Snyder. There's so many ways that I could go that I... I could take up 90 minutes myself. So I don't want to take up too much time here. I just, I kind of want to throw it to you guys. I want to chime in where I can. I just, I have always tried to be anybody who listened to McCade and I on Home Court Press or Gen Z Utah Jazz for the brief time that we were doing that. 
I, I think that I tried to come across as optimistic and, you know, just looking for the positives and thinking about how the jazz can accomplish the goals that we want as fans. And similar to what Logan was just saying, that Lakers game broke me. I watched that Lakers game and I said, this team does not have the mental makeup to be a championship squad. Uh, so I, you, you mentioned yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian sent over notes and I was like, notes, <laughs> notes. I know well, we, I, we, I, we just I, go I, off the cuff I, I, here at the, at, at the, uh, did I, did I go over the top there <laughs> too far, too far? <laughs> Over no. the top, great flick. Actually, great flick. Uh, yeah, over, um, yes, uh, uh, slice the load. I mean, Logan actually, um, uh, we we would have this notebook that he and I have that we would write down things that, like, just like on a Monday, like, oh wait, we need to write, we need to put this in a notebook, talk about it, you know. But um, before um, we go back to that, you mentioned Taco Bell. I have a Taco Bell rant, and I decided I'm going <laughs> to save it for the end here because uh, I have a Taco Bell rant, but I don't want to derail the the. The jazz stuff that we have going on now. Speaking uh, <clears throat> of um, uh, derailing, uh, he's here now. He he does go to this in forty nine. It's uh, Jared Rocco Barker. Uh, Jared, um, uh, we are we are airing our grievances. Like this is like the the uh, festivus, you know, just the airing of, uh, the air, airing of grievances. Go for it. What, what like what, what's going on here? Uh, I don't know, man. It kind of sounds like the shitter's full. <laughs> That's that is a very talkable uh, way to go, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you got to give Uncle Eddie some credit. He was happy when the shitter was full. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which, which is actually the way I felt when I actually saw Brian come around because he, he, he hit it right on. He was so he's always been so positive on the jazz, and when he went off like I did, I felt justified that I was I, I had finally <laughs> made the right the, the right call and that I wasn't just being some some soft little bitch. Um, but. Uh, Kudos, kudos, let's go, kudos, little, let's go, go, kudos, kudos to those folks who are still like finding a way to spin this positive. Um, <laughs> oh, I think I saw it. I think I, I saw it today. That, I think I saw. I think I saw today a thread. I didn't read it because I don't want to read it. But it was something <laughs> about how uh, they, they they broke down the Jazz uh, Rockets loss and said it was. They're essentially chalking it up to experimentation, and this is okay because the Jazz were experimenting, and that's why we lost to the Rockets. So, you know, every every day I get up when I think we're finally all going to be there, there's those folks still finding a way to 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 do it. And I guess I don't, I don't, I, Quinn Snyder was top of the list. That's the one we haven't really talked about much was Quinn, right? And right. We started our preseason pods with all eyes on Quinn, and we've kind of gone away from that and haven't brought it up again yet. And I really think, you know, I mean, oh. now I think there's a roster makeup thing that has to be discussed, but um, – I don't know. The, the the Eric Pascal thing doesn't make any sense. The Quinn Snyder being Quinn Snyder, I think, has shown itself more than ever the last couple of weeks. And um, I don't know. That's that's he also is the guy who I don't know. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on Quinn? I know he's a, it can be a complicated um, subject. He's the same guy who led them to be whatever they were last year for four portions of it all. And I know our default is going to be they have such a complicated system. But you know, whatever. What's I mean? How do we feel about so Quinn? The, the last year or two on this podcast, you know, I've brought up Quinn Snyder, and I'm not saying that I'm, I've been negative about Quinn, but I think I've brought up things like, hey, you know, I think he's a good coach. I, I think he's a good coach. However, just because you're a good coach doesn't mean you're the right coach, right? And, you know, I, I think after uh, uh, Bud won in Milwaukee, Logan, you know, I think you very eloquently kind of said my point uh, back to me. It was like, I'm uh, you don't have to have the best coach in the NBA. You just have to have one of the good ones, you know. And I think Quinn is a good coach, but 
there's a lot of things that he does that frustrate you. We talked about at the beginning of the year, like, you know, he has a rotation, a six rotation. And while I'm not faulting him of his current rotation, I'm actually not going to fault him of his current rotations, Eric Pascal and all, um, there are some things I'm like, well, you know, I, I think we had, we had Mark Welling on last season and, you know, we brought this up and I was just like, look, I think Quinn to get the Jazz where they from where they were to where they are now was was really great, but maybe sometimes you just need a, a change of scenery um, to kind of get to that next level, right? Like just because like if Quinn got fired, I don't think that he he's getting fired for being a bad coach, you know. Uh, and I know people are frustrated. Uh, they could be, they should be. Uh, I don't again. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think a change of scenery has been. In the works, and then you know, he might pull a bud. They might go out and do something in the playoffs that we haven't seen, and then he'll be he'll be the guy for a long time. And I just don't want to. I don't. I don't want to equate longevity with the team, with one team as like you know as a prerequisite to being a great coach. If that makes any sense. Mm. I, I, again, I'm being the positive one today, but guys, just so you just so you all know. Uh, go to this I mean, there's not, a, there's, there's not a super long track record of it in the NBA of a guy being around this long if he hasn't won something already, right? So I don't yeah. know. It's a, the Jerry Sloan effect. Sure it's the Jerry Sloan effect, you know, like. Well, I mean, you, you, you said it last year. I think you're right. I think, you know, we like to debate who the best and who the best and the best coaches in the NBA are. There's probably a special tier for the top two or three, but I really think once you get above the top half, they're like sort of, they can sort of be interchangeable, right? So I don't know. And that you might be able you, to... You, 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 you introduced that line right. of thinking to me, and I've often thought about it since then, and I, I, I sometimes do wonder. And sometimes you don't, even have, you, don't have to, you don't even have to go back to the well of other coaches, like Rick Carlisle or whatever. Sometimes you just have to go to a fresh set of eyes, like a really popular, like, um, uh, you know, Igor, right? What's Igor doing nowadays? Like, he was a very popular coach back then. He flamed out. But, you know, go, go find another assistant or something. But also, where or the Phil Jazz, Jackson or a Nick Nurse, right? Where, where, wherever the Jazz are right now, if the Jazz are still contenders, you probably don't want to experiment with the with the younger coach. You probably do want to get somebody that can probably push you. But who knew that Ty Lue was going to be, you know, the coach he is? So um, I don't. know. Do you guys have anything, Quinn Snyder? I mean, I think well, Brian had him in his notes. So go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to uh, figure out how to be a guest on a podcast and not <laughs> not host and guide the conversation. Yeah. This is tough for me. Right, um, jump jump in if I'm doing if I'm doing a shitty job, you tell me and then you, you take over. You, you've been doing it long. Hell so. no, man! I, I I'll never step on your on your toes, Mister. Who do you think I am? But uh, no, as far as Quinn Snyder goes, I I actually would like to take a uh, longer longer view perspective at what he brings. And I think who and Logan, you guys have both touched on this a little bit in the Quinn Snyder. Absolutely. Unequivocally in my mind, it has been the right coach to get them to where they are right now. And I still, I I'll tell you today that I believe he's a top five to seven coach in the NBA, but Logan, you brought it up past the top two or three. Then you, I mean, you, you start to wade into the territory where it's it's kind of interchangeable. Um, we've seen that in Toronto, moving on from the coach of the year, and then we go into Nick Nurse, and they end up winning the title. Uh, I think that the questions that I have when it comes to Quinn Snyder are 
big picture in that he has such a complicated offensive system that it makes it really difficult for the Jazz to make trades. And I think that I may be putting words in you guys' mouths, but I think that right now the four of us can probably agree that the Jazz need a change in the roster to maximize what they have and what they could do this season. But Quinn Snyder's offensive system is so complicated, so intricate, that it's really difficult to ingratiate anybody into that offensive system in a short period of time. Mike Connolly is a great example. The first half of his first year with the Jazz, he didn't look very good. A lot of people were wondering if Mike Connolly was washed. And then we... The pandemic hits. We have several months off. Mike Conley is able to learn more of the playbook. He comes back. He looks great in the bubble. And then he makes his first all-star team the following year. Jordan Clarkson is another guy. He didn't necessarily look great when the Jazz first acquired him from Cleveland. And then last year, the first half of the season, Jordan Clarkson looked really good. But just in general, Clarkson looked comfortable in the offense. And I think we see over and over that guys struggle to find their way and look like they know what they're doing. And the the big picture thing is I'm, I look at uh, late game situations with this Jazz team. And I look at the way they've blown late game leads, the way they haven't been able to come back in small deficit late game situations, the way the final play you know if the jazz are down by one and they have one possession left how often do jazz fans complain that it's just a curl to the corner where there's no other options off of that and i i feel like that the jazz players are thinking more than they're just playing when we get into late game situations because there are so many options and quinn snyder has so many things in the playbook that guys aren't able to just play and be themselves and do what they are best at. They're always trying to do what is right instead of what they're good at. And yet, oh, the longest leash in the NBA is Jordan Clarkson on a bad night, which that is maybe the single most inexplicable things about Quinn Snyder is that Dante Exum could get pulled for one bad play, but Jordan Clarkson has the longest leash in the NBA. Like Jordan Clarkson can be having a horrific night and have scored one basket in 29 minutes. And yet he will never be in danger of being pulled. Quinn always just expects people to be able to write the ship if he's a Quinn guy if Quinn decides in his infinite wisdom that he is a Quinn guy so he can play through it where this other guy cannot this other guy I'm going to pull him for no reason this other guy I'm going to sit him because in my infinite wisdom that does not make sense I mean here here's the thing that thread that Logan was talking about well, maybe not that singular thread. There's probably others. But um, Pascal, Eric Pascal was getting the uh, the white side minutes. He was playing small ball center. And those minutes have largely been a disaster because they cannot defend. 
And so Quinn, Quinn decided that Pascal only sees time at center spot, which is, I mean, the Warriors also decided that that was his best position. But it's also, it also feels like, um, like they're not willing to let him try any other positions, and it, and it feels kind of strange when an athletic spark plug type of guy who seems to give you energy off the bench is not. I mean, you're not you're not going to give him any chance to try to be on the wing or something like that. And if he blows it there, then he blows it, okay? And then you've tried something different, and it didn't work out for him. But at least you tried something different, and it and it just feels like uh, Quinn Quinn gets very rigid in his thinking, and it just seems strange. And, and you know, it's. He's he's a smart guy, so apparently he's the only smart guy. You know what I'm saying? All right. It's, it's do weird. Quinn? Do there's you, Quinn uh, Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Reference to the intellect of Quinn Snyder, and so he's always got to be right. It's weird. Quinn Snyder is the, and I want to defend him here for just a moment, but he is the most intelligent person I've ever had a basketball conversation with. And the uh, preseason of 2019, I had the opportunity to get into some of the media scrums and talk to Quinn and a few of the different players. And the way he can take a high-level basketball conversation and dumb it down for just some idiot of the media like me is incredible. But, Jared, I completely agree with you. Like, I look at the uh, Rockets game the other night, and if – Quinn Snyder sits down at at the post game press conference night after night for probably four or five games now and says we need more energy, we need more effort, and then at the same time he he DNPs Eric Pascal, like you're you're talking out of one side of your mouth and then acting in another way, and it's I don't get it. It's just like big braining yourself, right? So, like, oh, um, oh. first off, so yeah. it's what who, it's what who, it's what who says. Coaches always lie. Coaches um, do always lie. Did, did, um, did you guys ever? Did you guys ever find out that Pascal? I saw our, our boy Bogdan Grouch t- uh, tweeted at David Locke last night, asked why Pascal didn't get any minutes last night, and he's and Locke said he'd explain on his podcast today. But I, I, does, did anyone get a chance to hear that and <laughs> get, get the reasoning? Because I'm not I listening don't, I don't to listen it. To that. I don't listen to David Locke, so. Uh, no, hey. I mean, <laughs> I worked for the man. I listened. I didn't hear Excellent. a reason that Pascal didn't play. I, I so really didn't. I didn't get so a good explanation out of that. It um, was Quinn, Quinn says one thing in the postgame press conference, but if you look at the minutes distribu- distribution in the game, and you know, in the second half when the, the Rockets are coming back, the Jazz are up 13, the Rockets start making a run. And all right, great. You want to go with Rudy Gobert. You want to go with Rudy Gay. You want to try a, a five-out lineup. There are things that you want to experiment with. Okay, great. I I get it. I understand. And I I'd like to preface everything I want to say tonight with the negative attitude I have right now with the fact that it's January, and there are a whole host of things that could change between now and mid-April when the playoffs start. And I'm not saying that this this jazz team is a lost cause, but I'm looking at what they're doing and the decisions that are being made and the the mental fortitude. And I'm just wondering, 
what the fuck? Like, when do we end up caring? Because we don't have any grounds right now. I say we, and like I, I've got part of the team, but the Utah Jazz right now, as it stands in January of 2022, have absolutely no grounds to be able to say, well, we can turn it on when we want to. Because they've never shown they can turn it on. Um, so first of all, before we go on to the high, high level concepts here, um, I do want to say Eric Pascal, like rides with Rascal, Eric Pascal rides with Rascal. So if we could all just do that, because, you know, I think it's, I think it's important to try to get people's names correct. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, so number two, do you, well, okay. There's a lot to talk about. We don't have as much time. Do you guys want me to defend Jordan Clarkson or not? Me. Do you want me to defend Jordan Clarkson? Do you have grounds to defend him? Yeah, I do. Interesting. I'd be interested. Yeah, I mean, because I think on this pod, I'm the one that's that probably least likely to defend JC, but I will say this. You are. You know, when, when Jordan Clarkson was brought here, they asked him to do one thing. They asked him to do one thing, and that one thing is to score, to go out there and score. They didn't ask him. They, they, hey, they didn't, they didn't say, "Hey, we want you to, you know, be, be able to lock guys down. We want you to be able to run these certain, you know, plays." No, his his job when he came here was to score. He's a microwave scorer. That's sort of like his game, right? To to be a heater and and, and go on runs. It's very counter intuitive to what the jazz usually run you know the, the the pinball blender type offense they have because he's like the one guy outside that circle now you know I, we, we mentioned you know preseason everything's like you know when, when jordan's having a bad night you know they, they you know you just have to pull him but to me it's just like no his job is to go out there and and, and try to create offense and score buckets um you know he, he's not gonna get a lot of rebounds he's not gonna get a, a lot of assists uh, his his job his one job is to go and do what he does. Um, you're like, oh, he's having a, he have I mean, he started the season having like five off nights in a row, and then you know the start of the Hawks game didn't look that great either. But then all of a sudden he turned it on because that's what his game is. His game is not going to be super consistent. You just hope he doesn't have you know a whole bunch of bad games in a row. You hope to get you know that one great game. You hope to have some really. You know, just splattered in there some really good games, and you're going to get the bad games in there. Um, this, is, this is sort of a longer conversation about the Jazz offense, too, but if Jordan Clarkson's going out there and doing the thing that he's been told to do, it's hard to like, oh, well, he's not doing it tonight because he might. And his his role is, is that. His role is to go out there and just, you know, find ways to score. Um, and, you know, they're, they're playing some really, sh- you know, shit lineups anyway. Um, and I'm like, you know, Jordan, again, if, if, if you have Jordan Clarkson on your team, this is kind of what you sign up for. Like you sign up for, well, go ahead. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to side, side track you, but I, cause I think you're making a very valid and good point. How, uh, how do you feel about playing Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gay together? Those minutes feel like they're, they're kind of rough. I mean, it's, I, I don't know who you can play with Jordan Clarkson. Like I don't, I don't like him out there with Donovan Mitchell because those two kind of have the same game. Like you want Donovan when he's out there to have the ball in his hands most of the time, and so I, I don't like having him out there. I mean, if you have Mike Conley out there, Mike Conley just sits around there. Like there, there are times when he's out there with Bogey. I want to say either last game or two games ago, Bogey's like sitting in the corner, pretty open, 
but JC doesn't see him and just kind of like dribbles around. And it's, it's it's hard for me to figure out who I want Jordan out there with. And, you know, I, I guess a long time ago I accepted the fact that, you know, I can complain about Jordan Clarkson and what he does and it's not going to do anything because like, he's on the team and I, I think he's nice and I, I think he brings something to the Jazz. Do I think the Jazz necessarily need to have a microwave scorer off the bench nowadays? Mm, that's a whole different conversation. But he's on the team and that's what he brings and that's his value. Um, you know, you know Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams are the same guys, right? Um, how, yep, many titles, how, many, how many titles do those guys have? No, that's, have hey, that's a that's a whole that's I mean that's exactly. that's I part that's of the conversation, means. right? Like, well, and look, look that, I'm the guy that has has been throwing Jordan Clarkson out in trade, you know, scenarios that we've had, right? And I know that you two are the well, at least you know, two weeks ago, you guys were the ones that I, I was like, hey, look, you know, let's have a hard conversation. If Jordan Clarkson is in the trade package, because those are guys that that you have liked um, uh, throughout the, the the tenure that he's been here, and I'm I'm the one that's more negative on Jordan Clarkson, um, and and now he's had he's had a, a few rough games, but I mean I guess it is what it is, and so uh, uh, the the problem is I still remember the pre Jordan Clarkson bench, and that was painful but we do have a different bench now so i mean that maybe changes that dynamic it's it's really it is a tough conversation to have because you don't know you see that he has value you've seen what he's done for us and and you see that he can continue he has nights where he's still able to continue to do that but you just wonder yeah how how well does he fit with the current bench group and it's just uh, yeah it, it is a hard conversation i agree so here, here's my, here's the way I address that for you. Who is uh, ideally with Jordan Clarkson? You already mentioned Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams as comparisons, and those are spot on. And ideally, you have two other perimeter defenders on the floor with him at the time that he's on the court that can pick up for the slack that you have to make up for because of his offensive focus. The Jazz don't have that roster built. They're not able to do that for Jordan Clarkson. And so I wonder if I, – and I'm a guy who I have the uh, the light green Christmas Day jersey. It's a double zero Jordan Clarkson. I loved what he did for the Jazz through February of last season. But I've wondered since late last year is the problem not so much – what Jordan Clarkson is doing, but what Jordan Clarkson is being asked to do on a night to night basis is his role more than it should be. It, it, does Quinn Snyder we've, we've all seen through different pieces written, written by the jazz uh, beat media is uh, does Quinn Snyder have a blind spot? for Jordan Clarkson and what he's doing on the basketball court, because from what I'm seeing as a fan and as a, an analyst and a writer, he's not contributing to a winning basketball team in the role that he is being put into. I, I also want to preface this that like number one, like how I'm getting through this stretch is that I was actually here three weeks. Remember we had that pod and I said, Boy, these wins don't feel good, and I don't feel good about this Jazz team. Now I'm like I'm, I'm looking at this, and I go, "Oh, like I don't want to say I'm I, I'm the conductor of this train, but I'm in I'm in the main cabin of this. Uh oh, 
there's something wrong with the gas train, and I'm seeing people like hop on the uh, hop on into these cars yeah. after me. I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. You I, guys feel, are... I feel like yeah, you and me, and I maybe even Logan to in a certain extent, we were already kind of here, and then we just see so many other people started joining us. Yeah, I was like, I was like oh boy, yeah, like like let me let me try to lead you guys through this because it is rough for a little bit, and then yeah. you kind of come out this other side going okay, and for me, so this is my you know quote unquote positive spin on this stuff is that look the the jazz this is gonna be poker based and so sorry if it gets kind of long the jazz and if you don't get it I'm sorry either the jazz um uh, were dealt you know pocket queens to start off with pocket queens is a pretty good hand like it's like the third or fourth best starting hand you get okay great. So you, put, you feel like I'm in Wendover already. <laughs> so you put a lot of your chips in because you're like, oh, we got queens, right? We got two queens. That's that's really that's a really strong hand. Like we need to play this really, really tough. But then um, uh, you know, the, the flop comes out and it's like ace king four, <laughs> and it's all it's all you know you you don't have the suits and you're like, oh boy, all of a sudden your queens don't look as good, and you see that flop and like you know you're, you're kind of stuck because you put a lot of money in. Uh, you know, if you lose this hand, you know, without going to the end, you know, you're not going to have any chips left left to use. But if you Ooh, go, you're playing Texas Hold'em, right? Right, Texas Hold'em. If you if you go you to you got to clarify, man. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, See, my, I my, go my, to Wendover, I played a lot yeah, of games. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em. Like I, I think I don't know. It, it, do you guys think of Texas Hold'em when you think when I say poker, or is that just me? Uh, typically, yeah. You, you right. mean, yeah, yeah, not. All right, so. So, so you, just automatically five cards to the thing. Oh, okay. So, okay. sorry. We're playing Texas Hold'em. So, you have two queens in your hand. The flop comes on ace, king, four. And at that point, you're like, okay, you're in trouble because now you have two over cards. You don't have a flush. You know, you're probably not going to get the straight. Um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff out there that can beat you now. But you put so much money into it. Okay. But, you know, if, if you go all the way to the end and you lose, you probably lose all your chips. If, if you fold now, you you still have some of your chips left, but you know you're 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 really behind the eight ball at this point. So how does this affect what the Jazz are doing right now? Uh, let me get to the metaphor now. The Jazz last last year, um, uh, you know we, we kind of said this last year. And I'm like, boy, I don't know if this Jazz team can make it through the playoffs. Like, but they were winning so many games, and it made a, it made it made us believe on on this podcast. Like, oh, maybe you know, like they had a chance. Like we we saw those queens, and we're like. Well, obviously there's something beat it, but man, like it, it looks really good. You know, number one in the NBA, um, so we, you know, home court advantage, and it looks really good. And so, you know, you, you kind of put that money in, but now we're at a point like, okay, the Jazz have had some really bad losses in a very short amount of time. Um, uh, uh, you know, the the Pistons, the Rockets, the Lakers happened within like a three, two, two and a half week span. You know, they, they lost six out of seven games. Okay, so now the positive part is here. Like, well, the Jazz either need to, need to you know, get off the pot, or um, uh, you know, that's a different uh, different pot. But they need to get off, uh, or they need to like go all in, right? Because they can't just kind of the status quo can't can't just be you know. We're seeing guys like Mark, um, uh, you know, the most optimistic Jazz fan. You know, go listen to the twos and threes. He had a they had a guest on. I don't remember who it was, but you know, he was he was okay. Um, <laughs> um uh, no, go listen to Dragon Squatch on um, uh, on the twos and threes. So it was actually a really good episode. Um, the, dra- the, the, the the Squatchers are dragons, but um, uh, like even he, the most awesome, the guy who 
just a month ago was like, oh, how dare you fuckers? I'm going to try to trade anybody off this team. This team's going to win it all. And now he's like, well, maybe we might have to make a trade. You know, so Jazz fans are starting to get on board. And I'm hoping the front office. You know it's bad. You know it's bad. Yeah, like, and this is, that's for Jazz I think the front office, I hope they didn't see the stretch and react to it. I hope they were already looking at going, yeah, you know. But now it, it makes it easier for, you know, if Jordan Clarkson, Boyan, Joe, one of these guys get traded at the, before the trade deadline. If that happens, that maybe Jazz fans aren't going to freak. Like, if you did it a month ago when the Jazz were rolling, people would have, like, fucking flipped. Yeah. But now, now you know, it kind of gives the Jazz a little more of a green light. Like, I don't think the Jazz are going, oh, man, we lost six, so we need to make a trade now. Like, I think if the Jazz were going to make a trade, they would have started the conversation months ago. But now, right. like, they can, they can kind of feel more comfortable, like, hey, right now, if we traded Jordan Clarkson, I don't think people are going to, like, come for our heads, you know? And I don't know if they should even care about that, but I guess it, in my mind, it does make it a little bit better uh, for this trade deadline. Is, is there a trade there? I don't know, but I I would like to be the final answer in this question, if I could. Can oh, I? Uh, can, can I? Can I bring up the rear on this one? What's, <laughs> yes. The, what's what's the relay race term when I'm taking the final one? The anchor. The last hundred. The, the what? The anchor. The anchor. Let me be the anchor here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it. I, I, I'm, I'm quiet. All right. All right. Logan, Jared, you guys are up. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, are you gonna, as long as you're not going to be a millstone, I'm good with that. <laughs> um. So. Oh, I'm befuddled right now. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a second to get Dragon Squatch. Um, uh, yeah, you've been quiet for a while, so you must be. You well, must be... What's what's the what's the what's the question? I don't think there's a question. Do I know how to play? Do I know to play poker? I, I do a little. Bit. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. I I still don't know if a flush is better than a. In a full house, there's still some in, in, you know little rules in between. Sometimes where I have to look at my neighbor to have quick, to tell the answer. Quick, quick to, story: but... Logan and I, I think we learned how to play poker together. <laughs> it was like right when like, the world, like when the World Series got big, and we got we were like in the poker for like a year. So yeah, thanks to um, ESPN and yeah, yeah, uh, Moneymaker exactly. there. Right, but Chris Moneymaker. I, mean, I, 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 I think the analogies are pretty spot on. I think that you're, you're you guys are right. And to go back what Brian talked about earlier, so I guess to put Jordan Clarkson since he's the, he's he's the guy kind of on the top in the spot. It's you're all right. Jordan Clarkson is not Jordan Clarkson's doing what Jordan Clarkson's supposed to do. So um, it's it's kind of what I go back to continually here, which is the fit in the system, and that's that's kind of what I keep coming back to. Is I think Jordan Clarkson's fine in the role if he has the appropriate role. He just has that's not he's being asked to do too much, and I think that that's that's probably what makes this whole trade thing a little more uh, disheartening for me and not as excited as I as I would have a few weeks ago. And that is. I think there's a lot of validity to what you guys are saying. I don't know that you can get a difference maker who can come in and play Quinn's system and make a difference because he just doesn't allow for it. The irony being there, and I hadn't thought about this till you said it earlier, Brian, his, his system is so complicated that sometimes it devolves into nothingness. So the system is so complicated, I, I'm assuming, by, by what the, you guys are telling me, and I, and I trust, I'm not saying that in a condescending tone, that all of a sudden they just blank out and the next thing you know we're playing hero ball and Donovan's fading away from, you know, 45 feet with two guys on him, or the system gets so complicated, it devolves with four seconds on the shot clock when we play hero ball. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I tend to be going more and more to where I'm not really willing. I'm not ready to go full in on Quinn being the whole problem, but I mean, unless he's got some, unless he can show some ability to adjust his system, I think that we are hamstrung. I think that you, I mean, what, what trade exists 
what trade exists that's going to drastically change our the makeup of our team everywhere? I don't know that it exists. Yeah, I don't. A, I don't know that it does. And that's 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 the disappointing part. I mean, if you, okay, even if you get, even if we get our dream scenario, which we probably won't. And like, let's. I'm I'm going to speak for you guys and saying Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes. Let's say that's our dream scenario that comes through. Well, how much does that really change the entire makeup of the team? Does it change that much with this system? And that's the part that I think really kind of crushed me because these are the guys who who we've got. And unless there's a major overhaul, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. And I, I keep going back. And I don't want to go too far, but I keep going back to I'm now questioning myself that was last year the outlier. Right, right. Was um, last year fool's gold. When you said when you said that, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I mean, yes, last year was the hour. Yes, um, yeah, and, and and again, like we uh, we've talked about it before, Windows they close and you just you, you don't Windows know until open. you know Windows close and like you don't really know it until like maybe a year or two later when you're trying to get back in. You're like, oh, that window has been closed for a while. And, well, at this point, I wonder if it was even a window. We thought it was a window, but we ran face first into the screen. Yeah, with Stupid with Ty, Ty, Ty Lu and Terrence Mann. So maybe there wasn't even a window open. Maybe yeah. it was just a really clean, really clean piece of glass. <laughs> um, hey, you know, you know what? This this feels very fitting. Um, I was searching my thoughts, you know, to 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 let before we let Brian close the book, and then you know, I was just like, you know, what the hell? I'm going to go on Jazz Facebook. And this seems very fitting and very on brand for me because this person is bringing up uh, Derek Favors. And I quote, I still stand by what I said on the day we traded Derek Favors away. I said that the Jazz will come to realize they made a huge mistake. Wow. Anyways, uh, it's, it, it continues. You may or may not agree with that, but as a devoted Jazz fan, Jazz capitalized. And someone who has given... The, been given the benefit of the doubt and tried to find positive with the changes. I believe we are a better team with Derek Favors on it. And I, I just want to say that, wow, if this is where we are now, we're, we're saying trading Derek Favors is what broke this team. I mean, it, it is just amazing to me. We've got takes that range from Danny Ainge being hired broke this team to trading away Derek Favors broke this team. And I am just so incredibly disappointed that this team is so fucking soft that that we everyone keeps looking for like a little excuse here and there to be like, well, the, oh, this is what broke this team. And I'm just like, if that's what broke this team, this team never had shit. <laughs> like, I just... I am... I am trying. I, to... I think that's exactly the point right there, Jared. How many I, soft? I I think is the the perfect word to describe what I'm seeing from the Jazz right now, and I'm talking capital S A W F T. Soft. They are soft. And you can't teach that. <laughs> no, you you cannot teach that level of soft. <laughs> but uh, like, what did the Jazz do? I look at this roster. I look at who could be available. Is Rudy Gobert available for an in-season trade right now at $35 million on his deal and four years left through 25-26? Probably not. Donovan Mitchell, $28 million this year through the same year, 25-26, at $125 million guaranteed. 
probably not available. Is Mike Conley available, available wait, uh, like, and of like, any value? Avail- available, you mean not. like the Jazz is it's not the Jazz aren't going to trade those guys? Is what you're saying, right? The, the the well, yes. One, the Jazz aren't going to trade those guys, and two, if the Jazz are, it's not going to be an in-season trade because you. It traditionally accept a lot, a lot less value in season with those trades of star players than you do in the off season when all other 29 teams think that they have a chance the next year. If you're making a trade in February at the deadline and you're trading the star, you're taking 50, 60 cents on the dollar. Unless, right? you're, unless you're the Nuggets that came away from that mellow trade with a whole lot of stuff, it seemed like. What did it, what, what did that amount to? Yeah, I mean the Jazz are trying to win a title right now. What do the Nuggets do with that mellow trade? Yeah, not a whole lot. And remember, Derek Favors was. I mean, I, I can't believe we somehow got Derek Favors into this podcast this episode. But yeah, Derek Favors was the key piece to that Darren Williams trade. So there you go. Yeah, but well, well, I, I look at this Jazz roster right now. I, I we've got. Uh, Jordan Clarkson under contract through 23-24, but the way he's playing, he doesn't have any value. Royce O'Neal, obviously, in my mind, because I believe he is a very good defensive player, but he's similar to Jordan Clarkson. He's being asked to do more than his skill set says that he should be. He, he shouldn't be defending the... Uh, uh, De'Aaron Foxes. The uh, I'm trying to think of who the Jazz have played recently. Royce O'Neal should Cade not be Cunningham. guarding. Cade... I, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> the Detroit Pistons. He shouldn't be guarding Russell Westbrook. For whatever negative opinion I have of Russell Westbrook right now, Royce O'Neal and his defensive style is not set up to defend that type of a player. He's set up to defend a physical player. And, you know, all of the way P.J. Tucker defends guys, just you, you put a body on guys, you wear them down with physicality. But as far as side to side lateral movement, that's not Royce O'Neal's strength. I just look at this entire jazz roster. I, I could go on for 20 minutes right now. I look at the most valuable guy in tr- in terms of trade as being Bojan Bogdanovic. But. Are you? Is there any possibility, Logan? You brought up Jeremy Grant earlier, and he would be my ideal trade target as well. But are you are you really getting that much back in return with a with a Jeremy Grant if you if you build a deal around Bojan? One, I don't think the Pistons would be willing to accept that. And two, how much do you actually gain in the long run from a deal? that nets you, in the end, Jeremy Grant taking Bojan Bogdanovic's minutes, and then you throw a few more minutes to Eric Pascal. Pascal. I mean, Do you so, really gain that much? So, like, so my, my main argument last year about Bojan, right, was that at the end of games, would you want, like, I mean, at the end of games, I mean, the Jazz had Bojan, Mike, and, and Donovan out there that you were just picking on. But if you put, you know, like, you know, again, Jeremy Grant was the name. I, I only picked Jeremy Grant because he's a style of player I'm looking for. I don't actually think Jeremy Grant would be coming to Utah, right? But, like, if you have Jeremy and Royce and then Rudy out there, that kind of, like, it's almost like a zone type. Like, all right, so these quadrants are where the offense is going to avoid now. Like, they're not going to swing the ball to Jeremy's side. They're going to swing the ball to Royce's side. They're going to try to pick on Donovan or Mike, and that's a little bit easier of a funnel. 
to to where to where they try to push it to um uh, Rudy's zone. So that's that's my thought about it. if you if you had just another really good tough wing defender out there that you know because I, I think we saw in the, in the Clipper series I think someone did a video series on it like they showed that every time that the what happened was the Clippers were driving in because they were getting past Clarkson, Joe, Boyan, Donovan, Mike. I guess Mike wasn't really, really out there, but those four, they just kept driving in on those guys, but they kept avoiding Royce. Um, they, they went to him like once or twice, but they were really trying to focus on the other, the other guys that are out there that were not as strong of defenders. So you put Jeremy Grant out there, maybe it's more like, you know, these guys, they, they try to avoid it. And, um, uh, and then you're hoping that Jeremy Grant can give you enough spot-up shooting and some, um, uh, you know, inside, you know, uh, tough post presence that Boyan's been showing off lately. And enough of that that it doesn't stall the offense, right? I have a lot of Eric Pascal thoughts too, but we're running out of time. Um, Logan, I mean, you're, you're the one that brought it up saying that you don't think one trade's going to really help the Jazz here. Yeah, I just, I just don't. And like I said, it's just, and maybe that's just, maybe it all contributes to the, the brokenness that they've made us all feel and we're, and I'm seeing it the wrong way, but I, I just don't, I don't know. I think we got, I think we have a system problem. Um, and I think that, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and, and we, we have a system problem and a personnel issue. I don't know that one, again, I don't know that one person changes it. I know I'm kind of on a repeat, but there's, you know, it was, it was an interesting thought act activity we have. I mean, I think that we all assume that Mike, Don, and Rudy are the untouchables, and we would never mess with them during this season. Probably, I mean, I guess it depends on what happens in the off season. But there's there's something to be said, and Jared brought it up too. And I've been thinking about it a lot as well. And that backcourt is just so small with he and Don, and it, it extends everywhere. So um, while Jeremy Grant may not provide the offense, if he's big enough, he may allow guys to slide into roles where they're bigger than if, if Royce is able to guard it. You know, it's just it, they're so small. I mean, I don't even know who technically our four is. It's either it's either Bohan or or Royce, depending on who you're talking about, right? We're talking about a six-four guy and a six-six guy, so they're just tiny. They're just tiny. Not to say they're not talented; they don't provide value. It seems like we have too many pieces that, while they were doing something revolutionary last year, people have caught up to figure out how to exploit it, and so it's just it's, it's not working. Lot, lot, lots of good talented pieces, but they just they don't seem to be working well together. And I don't know how much it changes anything. So. I don't know. I feel like I was talking in circles, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not confident in the trade really shaking much up. And I think that's probably the disheartening part: is the Jazz aren't going to be bad. They're going to be. Good. They're going to be. They're going to be good. But I, 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 I got myself uh, believing that we were a championship contender. This doesn't look like a team that has the, the contending pieces. So, um, if they were going to flip a switch, which Brian pointed out, well, they, they don't have the luxury of doing that. But I mean, what are they waiting for? They've all taken turns yelling at each other and calling each other out. So. I just don't think this group has it with the, as currently constructed. I don't know that one move uh, changes that much. And I think the, the, the bigger question has to be is I, I go back and forth in my mind, because we were driving the bogey trade, the bogey trade train more than anyone else's last year. And, and I, I at times tend to feel like he is more untouchable than, than Mike Connolly at this point when I have one of certain moments. And I know that may be blasphemous, but um, I don't know. One of one of the greatest one of the greatest compliments of of Mike Conley is he, he he dominates games without scoring and we've already got a guy who does that named Rudy Gobert so if two of your top three players don't score or aren't your traditional offensive juggernauts I don't know it just speaks to kind of the old the overall weird construction and makeup of this team there's a lot of good players that just don't all seem to match up so that's um uh, and again like I said you know this is sort of where I was three weeks ago. 
And I'm at the point right now uh, on this train where I'm like, you know, guys, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be okay. Like, it's a rough stretch, you know, and I don't want to make excuses, but I also, we haven't seen, I mean, the fact, the fact that Hassan Whiteside is still sick kind of sucks. Like, I was like, oh, boy. Like, you know, Joe was yep. asymptomatic. Oh. Um, Rudy, um, uh, Rudy had, you know, flu-like symptoms for a few days, but then it went back. It sounds like Hassan's got it pretty bad, and so um, uh, hopefully he comes back um, uh, and, you know, we, we can start seeing things more the way, the, the, the way they're supposed to be. Um, yeah, so Jared, I'm, uh, you know, uh, so, so before you ask Jared, so are you saying because you're ahead of us on this, cause we're all going to the grieving now, are you yeah. saying you believe the jazz are a contending team still? Yes. I, I mean, I, I, cause I, I keep, what? I, I keep going back to my, I, the mantra that I started the year with was, you know, whatever I see in the, in the regular season doesn't matter. Like I, I'm, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for playoffs already. Um, I've seen, I've seen what I've seen from the team that gives me confidence that I can remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, this team, this team has had some really good spurts where um, things are good. Right now, like, it's not just – right now what makes me kind of worried is that, wow, like, I didn't expect them to have such um, uh, on-court uh, on chemistry that looked like – I was like, wow, like, some of this stuff looks really bad. But, again, like, I'm not – I'm not um, uh, at a point where I'm ready to jump off a cliff. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, boy. There's there's just something off about this team, and the team looks off. But I I also am looking back to what I've said in the past couple months, going, you know what? I I, I believe in this team going into the season. I believe in this team um, uh, uh, when the things are good, and um, I I do think that maybe they're probably going to make something, make a move, even if it's not a trade. Like they're going to switch things up, and uh, if they get to the playoffs, then you know we'll see. Like, there's something nice about being in the like last year. There was a lot of pressure because they were the one seed, um, and if they get into the playoffs this year, four seed, whatever. Like again, you shouldn't be worried about who you're playing in the first round. Like, give me the Mavs. Uh, I know they just lost to the Lakers, but I don't know. The Lakers are are, are a fucking mess now too. So who knows what they're going to be? The Clippers are still without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for a while. So. Maybe I mean, if if they start falling so far out of the playoffs, are they going to try to rush those guys back from their injuries or just take take another year off? Right. So the second round again. I think I think Kawhi's proven he's not rushing back from anything. He, he tanked an entire <laughs> dynasty by saying he's not coming back. Um, so I mean, thank I, you for yeah. uh, adding that, Logan. I'm like, yeah, Kawhi's not rushing back from anything. He's probably taking a nap yeah. right now. Second round, I'm still scared of the Warriors. I'm I'm scared of the Suns. Uh, I'm. I mean, again, this is probably this could come back to bite me because it's going to be on air. But you know, I I think the the Grizzlies are nice, they're talented, but I think they're just too young to take that leap right away. So those are the teams I'm scared of in the West, and the you know, the East is another story. Like I, we'll, we'll see in a minute, but um, yeah. So what, that's Monday, Monday, Monday was it? Monday may have been a play-in preview for us. <laughs> One thing about the the maybe the is the trump card is that. Uh... I think Taylor Jenkins is his last name. I can't remember the coach. Was who's Quinn's protege, basically. I think I think he's gonna out outthink Quinn. I think he's got his number. Okay. I mean, then, again, it, it's one of those statements. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to jinx it, but to me, I, I think the Grizzlies are a really nice story, and they really want to get past the first round. Um, they obviously want to win a championship, but you know, the Jazz were there three or four years ago. Like, hey, we just need to get a right. first round win. 
And then after that, it's like, all right, cool. It's gravy. Like, Sizzle. It just, it just happens. Gravy. And so um, it just happens. Like, you, you know, you, you don't make that, you know, and, and maybe you can. But, no, yeah. Going yeah, from so. good to great is so hard. Yeah. So I honestly, the, it's on your side, man. I feel really weird, guys. Like, the cur- well, the, cur- the, the, current, the current construction, I feel better about the Grizzlies than either Jazz is. It's exactly what we keep going back to. Th- those guys talk a lot of shit. And they're not—they're not really scared of much. Um, so that—that that, that is the one thing. Even though they're—I guess they are young. That I guess as, as time goes on, they gain more moment, more momentum. You know, they—that's—that's that's the one thing the Jazz are missing that I don't. I mean, I, I don't. Again, I don't believe the Jazz are going to be bad and tank. I think they're going to be right around where you say it. But I just there's been enough things seen over the last few years. And my biggest thing after the way the late the playoffs ended last is how mentally tough are we? How tough are we between the years? And they have—they've shown no signs of changing that. And I don't know what they can even do to show that that's going to take place. Whereas these Grizzlies, they, 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 they talk a lot of shit and they run their mouths a lot and drive people crazy and keep winning basketball games. So if I can offer one last thing, the, if we're comparing, comparing the Grizzlies and the jazz, the Grizzlies know who they're rallying around from one through 15 on the roster and they're, their two-way contracts and everything else they have going on, the Grizzlies know that Ja Morant is their guy, oh, whether he's Dylan playing Brooks. or whether he's hurt. It, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta attribute Dylan Brooks there, right? Who? But <laughs> you you look at the Jazz, and and this is my this is my main contention right now. I could talk about heart. I could talk about desire i could talk about if we're relying on hassan whiteside to provide anything then you're probably in a world of hurt anyway but for me everything boils down to what's going on in that locker room i value chemistry above almost all else when it comes to building a team and that's my personal belief and i look at this locker room i see the things that are coming out as I, I am working on the jazz radio broadcasts and producing games and going through the uh, post game press conferences, the shoot arounds, the uh, coaches pregame press conferences. And I see this jazz locker room divided. I see them as a group of guys who are trying to figure out whether they're supposed to follow Donovan Mitchell and what he is, his dynamic ability on the offensive end. Or Rudy. And, or Rudy Gobert and what he does in the same way that I think is just as, if not more impactful than what Donovan Mitchell does on the offensive end. Rudy defensively is absolutely incredible. And you have two, two stars, two guys who have different personalities, who address things differently. You can argue whether Rudy should have come out and said to the media and called out his teammates essentially and saying that, you know, with the Suns and the Warriors, you see guys who have bought in defensively and that's Rudy's perspective. But I think you see a locker room that is divided and they don't know who to follow right now. And we see that on the floor. Didn't Donovan say essentially the same thing without pointing out that the other teams are doing it or we're not like he, but he essentially said the same thing, right? It's kind of funny. I, look, I'm not going to say it, guys. I'm not going to say the word, but we all we all know what it sounds like. So, um, you know, let's um, uh, you know, but before we you know, quote unquote, end because we know we're not going to end the next 20 minutes. But 
Uh, you know what, Jared? Um, you know, say something positive about the Jazz. Say something. Say something nice about the Jazz. Fifteen uh, percent off. They need to up that to fifty percent off. Uh, so yeah. So um, apparently, the Jazz Team Store store is giving you fifteen percent off merchandise. Jazz Team Store, give us money. All right. So let's let's play the break music here, and we'll come back and we'll talk nonsense. Hey, I'm Mark, and this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. Because I'm a, you know, Brian mentioned Taco Bell earlier, and I, I you know, first of all, I, I want to apologize uh, that we're not going to have very much time, more time talking about the jazz here. I, I told myself I was going to keep my points short and sweet, but I'm a failure, so it's what, is I do, it's what I do. But since so, so Brian, you brought up Taco Bell, right? And people love. I try. People love fucking Taco Bell. I don't. I like Taco Wait, Bell. They love to fuck Taco Bell. I did not know that. I the double decker is a nice little couple. <laughs> the double decker is a is a sweet move. Dor- um, Doritos Locos, fellas. Doritos Locos. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, when you're feeling a little spicy, make sure you got no cuts down there, though. Oh, oh um, my god. Hey, if it doesn't have habanero in it, I'm going to be golden in the morning. I, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is your guys' experience, but like, I want to say like three out of ten times I go Taco Bell. Something is always wrong. Either I'm in the drive-thru for like 10 minutes, which is ridiculous. They're out of beef or something. Like, they're out of they're they, Taco they, Bell. You're they out of burritos. Didn't have, they didn't have tortillas tonight. Right. I couldn't get a burrito supreme. I, I couldn't get a Taco crunch Bell. wrap. I couldn't get a burrito. <laughs> I could. They didn't have fucking tortillas at Taco Bell. One time Dude, they give me. I've, I'm upset enough about the Jets. Do you well, really want me to go on about Taco Bell? One time I I asked for like three cheesy fiesta potatoes and they gave me like some sort of dip. I was like, what the hell is this? And like I, I like I, I I looked in the bag. It looked right. I went at home. I'm like, this is not right. And I called this them saying, this like the perfect. I was like, this is perfect. not what I ordered. And like I I just wanted them to, to be like, um, okay, yeah, just come back in. We'll get you that order whenever you want. They're like, oh, well, sorry. I was like, what? What? How, see, the problem is, I can be easily critical of Taco Bell, but that—that's the point that you just said. They are more than happy to fix it, so I can get twice the food. Like, what do I do? Do I go to Taco Bell and order food and just hope that they fuck it up so I can get another twenty dollars worth of Taco Bell? Well, in, in that example, <laughs> they didn't fix it. I had to like go to corporate because I was like, I was like, no, like the, the manager was, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like. You guys fucked up my order, but and so here's the thing: I said three out of ten times, and people are like, "That's only that's not that." It's fat. Like, how what other fast food restaurant do you go to ten times and you expect your order to be uh, to be messed up thirty percent of the time? Messed yeah, up pre-co- or pre COVID or post COVID? We're talking here. This, no, this is COVID time. I think that thir- I would bet thirty no, percent no, no. of it to be right. No, no, this is this is this is like <laughs> something I've been doing for uh, <laughs> you know. Let's tag um, Eric Chu on Twitter because when we lived together, and this was like a decade ago, I told him this. And he's noticed it ever since. I said, dude, and it doesn't matter what, it's, it's not like, oh, just go to a, it's all the Taco Bells. It doesn't matter what Taco Bell it is. It's all the Taco Bells. They're, they're out of, like, where Logan and I lived in Roy um, one time, 
uh, Roy Utah, they, they, had, they were out of beef one time. I'm like, you're, you're Taco Bell. How are you out of beef? And this was like in it's, high school. It's like, like McDonald's and how the soft serve machine is always out of order, right? Except that I'm uh, like, I expect that to be out of order. <laughs> I expect Taco Bell to have <laughs> well, like Taco Bell gives you a little bit of variety. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, exactly. It's, it's not even like the same problem every time. Like I'm, I'm like, why? Like it's infuriating to be stuck in a one lane Taco Bell uh, line. <laughs> that, and like, like I've been here for fifty. If I'm in the drive through, I usually have some place to be. And um, Taco Bell and McDonald's, neither of them give a fuck about you who, but at least Taco Bell has you the decency to mix it up. You. Yeah, I just like, I was like, so anyway, like, it's just one of my, this is like a rap. People are like, oh my God, I love Taco Bell. I'm like, I'm like, how do you guys not experience this? Like, literally, like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but three out of 10 times for a fast food restaurant. And again, this is like spread out through years of data. <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, oh, man. Like, I was like, all right, here we go. Who, that's, who's that's... got a spreadsheet on this if you want it? Yeah, so, he's tracking it. At jazzhighnews.com. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he, he's definitely right um, that, that Taco Bell has been like this. It doesn't matter where you go. They've been, they've been, they've been paving the way before COVID, so they were the pioneers in this, and I think that everyone else is following the Taco Bell model now when it comes to these things. But the thing about Taco Bell, I have two – well, I have one factoid and then one little just thought. So – were you aware that Taco Bell um, has different layers of quality of like beef and beans and their ingredients, like depending on how broke or how much money that that store wants to, to uh, spend that month, they can they can they can order different tiers of, of meat. Ooh, because, I've heard something like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, the, the first time I found myself in a manage, management position was as a shift manager at the mm-hmm. Taco Bell in Logan. So oh, yeah. Oh, I my am, God. Fully aware of everything which, you're talking about, right? Which, here, which, which, which brings me to my next point, which is <laughs> like, yes, Taco. I'll, I'll take it a step further than who. Even if they, and even if they get your order right seven out of the ten times, which is very generous for you, who especially growing up with the Roy Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> the uh, even when you get it right, it's Taco Bell can be trash. Like it can be trash. And once I learned about the different meat and bean levels, it made more sense. The problem is. Is when Taco Bell is good, it is fucking good, and it will convince you to go back. It's that one time out of the twenty you go, it's so good that you just—it's just. I've got some disgusting analogies. Oh my god, this is this is like the (laughs) this is like the last girl I dated, right? Like this is like this is like the quote unquote toxic relationship. Oh my god, she might she might have she might have nineteen red flags, but that one thing she can do with her hips, good God Almighty, that might be the one that just keeps you coming back, right? So like I'm a she looked good naked. Uh, but she was fucking nuts. Um, she wasn't even that good in bed, but she was willing to do stuff. So I was like, okay, yeah, damn it. My, she's the Taco hey, Bell of my experiments life. Experiments are, uh, I, you can't sell an experiment short, even if it fails. She was a sub. She, she was a sub. All you have to do, all I had to do was, you know, order her to do it. And she was, she was down for it. I'm like, all right, cool. Hey. It's like Jack Black says, get on top, honey. You do what you like. <laughs> like and like, then oh. sometimes she'll be fucking you really hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah. I, just like, I was like, oh, now I mean dominated. This is weird, but yeah. I should call her up. Um, yeah. <laughs> grab, a, grab, a, grab a nacho. Yeah. Okay, from Taco Bell. From Taco Bell. This, Taco Bell. this, this like, is oh, my the goodness. therapy I needed. Yeah, her name, her name is Candace. Like oh, my the, goodness. Have you guys ever dated a crazy Candace? Oh, my God. This episode. Know, Candace is crazy. But, um, uh, my God. She was she was fun to be around. So, 
A different proposition. You, make sure right. put a parental advisory <laughs> on this one. you say fun to be around. I'm uh, wondering about watch out for the that she was fun yeah. to be. Maybe the wrong, maybe the wrong preposition there. You know, and hey, I, I did preface it. I said, hey, if, if you if you if you want to listen to the jazz talk, that ended 15 minutes ago. There was break music and everything. You heard Mark's voice talk about the twos and threes. Um, uh, yeah, so. Uh, we're we're, we're going to transition from diarrhea factory to to crazy girl sex. Hold on, for oh. and she wasn't even that good at it. That's the thing. I, I, I was like, wait, yeah. oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I I need to I need to transition this, Logan. You just spent uh, like what a week in New Orleans with your your loved one. What? Come on now. Uh, uh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say this 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 time a week ago I was not doing what I'm doing now with you guys. <laughs> you I, I will describe I will describe it this way. I went full Quinn Snyder. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you went you. Oh, let us clear the girlfriend in the closet. I like it. Well, not that not that far, but um, uh, I mean, hey, hey, coach's decision. Role role play is fine, man. Um, did you say? Did you, did you say coax? I mean, coach's decision. <laughs> coaxes. Coaxes decision. decision. Oh man. Oh, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad that Missouri rubs off on you in Louisiana. So. Um, hey. Yeah, Mardi Mardi Gras. Uh, uh, my, my brother was supposed to go to Mardi Gras too, but then he was like, "Oh, it's eight hundred dollar hotel room." So never mind. Yeah. He he might have been there hanging out with you. Hey, uh, Logan. I don't have any room to talk. A week from now, I'm going to be in Denver, just fucking obliterated. So good. good. It's all it's all good, brother. No, it was it was it was definitely enjoyable when you have to wake up the next day and check your pockets and find things you didn't know how they got there. You know that you <laughs> did, did things right. Did I come home with everything I think I purchased last night? I did, I, I did I did and then some which I didn't know that yeah. <laughs> Jared what's second. Jared, what's your favorite I didn't list of drugs? Show anything for these feeds. Say what? <laughs> I, I don't uh, what did you say? Jared, what's your favorite illicit drug? I, what? What's your favorite illicit drug? I don't do illicit drugs. So no, Jared, I mean, Jared, 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 Jared loves weed. He's always come up here like trying to. He, he brings his bong up to every Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you don't have a favorite. Just, yeah. Jared's all about the grain. Yeah. Oh jeez. Uh, he I, likes I, flour. So, um, as everybody knows, uh, if you don't know, you're gonna know now. I, I really hate needles, right? But I also need to get um, a, a microchip in my arm so I can go to work and stuff. So. Oh, you said okay. you wanted heroin. Who? Yeah, that's uh, that, that that's uh, that, like even if I want the effects of heroin, I yeah, the, the delivery method is, is probably not the way to go. Um, even if I want, <laughs> yeah. So so okay, okay. Well, so, here's the so, thing. What like, you're um, saying uh, is what you're saying is you're you're the Cookie Monster meme. Uh, you know the the where he's a. Uh, with the with, with the, the, the powder with the spoon, yeah. with the spoon, yeah. with, the spoon. Yeah. with the spoon, and, he, he's, and he's cooking it. So it's it's uh, no vitamin, man. A few no a, a few years ago, when I was going through therapy and like talking about depression, and this is like when medical marijuana was becoming like legal in Utah. They're like, oh boy, it's a shame that you can't get some of that stuff because that might calm you down. And you know, we talked to my friend Valerie of Ohio about this, and I've tried many different edibles from different states and everything. Uh, legally in the state that they were given. Um, and I tried an edible before getting um, uh, the needle stuck in me for the microchip. And I'll tell you right now, it didn't help. 
Um, uh, so oh, uh, okay, who? What's up? Who? I've done some research into this because I, I, it actually edibles don't do anything for me. They don't do anything for my wife. Apparently, there is uh, digestive. Uh, oh. I, I don't know the science to describe this, so I'm going to bullshit my way through this. Well, but you said digestive. You, you need an enzyme in your digestive system to be able to process edibles and oh. get high from it. And I do not have it. I can get high as shit. You throw me some smoke. I just get crazy stones. Yeah. But if I eat a bunch of edibles, like I, I flew home from Denver once. I smoked a bunch and got pretty high. Then I took an Uber to the airport. This is all hypothetical because, of <laughs> right. course, weed isn't legal in Utah. Right, right, right. But I may have done these things. I was in Denver. I smoked a whole bunch before I came home. I ate, uh, I would say I probably ate at least two to three grams worth of edibles right before i took an uber to the airport and i was stone sober by the time i got home but happy ending the next day my now wife called me and invited me out on our first date (laughs) so that's a love story all i wanted to do was go home and sleep and i was like you know Ah, this bitch made the effort, so I'll, <laughs> I'll go to dinner. Allegedly, allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, that's what I was going to tell you. That Brian, Brian's got it down. That's that's the thing is, if you're looking at it for those reasons too, yeah. um, you got you got to smoke it. The, the edibles is a different a different so, animal, he, different game. Here's the other thing. So before Crazy Candace, I was dating Crazy. We'll call her Jackie, um, and she loved uh, the smoke. And it, like we went to Denver because she wanted to buy a bunch of edibles and, and stuff and and weed and all that stuff. So we did a lot of smoking out there too, and you know, it didn't really affect me there either. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, uh, who sometimes the brain functions at yeah. just too high of a level, uh, and uh, yes. maybe maybe you are at such a stage in life that we can only hope to reach you. Yeah, Valerie of Ohio says I'm too uptight, and she's probably right. I'm gonna go with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with you. Didn't smoke enough. There's always it's just the only answer is <laughs> yeah. enough. That's a good chance. I, I do feel That's better. Uh, I, I, I like, Maybe uh, you just gotta find the right hey, strain. Uh, hey, I, if you guys need a guest next Thursday, we can discuss what's sober, not stoned. Brian is like versus <laughs> Thursday night. Um, Brian's had two days in Denver. Yeah, for those who for those who have stayed this long, um, uh, yeah, like I'm, uh, I'm, I was a positive one tonight, so that's very weird. Uh, Dragon Squatch, please step away from the edge, because um, uh, you need to do. Uh, the, we we forgot the produce corner, corner all last week, so that's my bad. Uh, step yeah. back from that ledge, my friend. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, who's who's in the produce corner this week? I'm just I'm super intrigued to to have Brian Colin while participating in said activities i can't not focus on that all i have uh, is alcohol it's legal in this state oh no i thought you were talking about next week oh you're saying next week you'll be never mind never mind <laughs> no, next week i'll next week if you guys want i'll join but i can't <laughs> promise coherence the psychedelic pod even better even better yeah I, I i don't i don't have much i haven't collected much the only one i guess is uh and uh what's 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 the guy jerry who was calling for the podcast this week Mr. McMillan, eighty-seven. Oh yeah, we oh, yes, that. yes. Oh, that, that guy is a, a real MVP, man. 
goodness. <laughs> I didn't even know we had actual actual listeners. He said he every, was ex- every, every once in a while. Yeah, he was excited for this week. I'm like, uh, you might be excited. I don't know. I can tell you right now, this is probably not what Dude, you thought Dude, he loves our brand. He loves our brand. <laughs> this is probably yeah, I think not that was the guy who tweeted the boner gift at me, right? If, or maybe I'm getting mis- mixed up and crossed I mean, you up. Do get a, you get a, you it, get a lot of boner gift gifts, so. Jared, is is the brand like a like a cupcake type thing where you would? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you're covered up. You're covered up. All his right. name is Alex uh, at Mister McMillan eighty seven. He's a, he's a real one, man. I mean, uh, I mean, some. Sorry, I'm back. Some I'm of the back. fun, some of the funny tweets uh, I saw this week. Number one, when I'm. Uh, Punk 003 was talking about Chain Boy on. I was like, "Oh shit, something something happened here. This is this is not the same person I know." Hey, um, it, it, hey, that Laker game broke a lot of people. Man. <laughs> I know, I know, lots of the Lakers. I was like, I was like, at least the Lakers are a playoff team. Is, but again, the the Laker hatred is so strong that that game. I was like, oh okay, I, I get it. Uh, and even Mark talking about like Mark in the twos and threes, man, like. Oh boy, like you, you guys have broke Mark, and that's that that's sad to me. Come on, Jazz. Um, uh, I, I do have another one. If you want to get at some point, we got to get Maddie G for three on here. He's oh, yeah. been DMing me. Yep. He's been DMing me. And he wants to talk. He wants to talk uh, Rudy Don debates because that's that's taken full center the last couple of weeks. So uh, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, God, I mean, like there there are like eight topics that we didn't like Rudy Don, Danny Ainge. I mean, there's so much stuff that we need to talk about, but you know, we might have to start doing you know two two a days or two a weeks for. The foreseeable future, but again, nobody's gonna listen because the Jazz are like when the Jazz don't do good, nobody cares. You know, it's, it's, that's the shitty part. Yeah, it, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, it, Bunch because, of bitches. because we're in our bag when the Jazz are awful. Like when our, that that is like our niche. That is like when we are at our peak. Except for me, <laughs> so, I, I, I'm an I'm an emotionless wreck. So, um, <laughs> which is you which say is emotionless? Emotionless, yes. So if you're the, <laughs> Yeah, like, like you I, I heard emotion shreks. Emo- oh my god, uh, emotion shrek is even better. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> emotion shrek that means that means I can be part of the the Cox family. Travis yeah. and Travis and Logan can oh, have yeah. me over. You you'll be living in that garage with yeah. the bar and everything. With, with, yeah, oh. neon lights. I love the Cox Beautiful. brothers. All, you all, could definitely get stoned there. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, in the in the in, in the cock bar. Um, you, you, you've, you've, never, you've never lived if you haven't smoked weed through someone else's beard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beard, beard grills back on the pod. Um, uh, yeah. So. Can I sell drug tests? Because I'm, I'm worried for you now. No, they don't. They don't. No, no, no one can afford a We're drug good. test anymore. That's the beauty of all this. No one can drug We're test. We're good. Just say I was in Colorado on Tuesday. But but I, I'm, covered. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting COVID tests once a week now here, so that's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 swab me. Um, did, so I heard this story today. So like, you know, we do no swabs here. You know what? You know what China does? They do throat swabs. Ugh. Like they swab your throat. I'm like, okay, well, don't go to China, guys. So I thought you were going to booty holes there. I've been more excited for booty holes. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I really yeah. thought he was going to say they they go up the ass. Hey, I, I if you do it right, do, if you do it right, uh, swabs. But that was that was my uh, porn days. Since that, <laughs> <laughs> Brian's like after the Taco yeah. Bell. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't you know, a, man post Taco Bell. Like I'm a, so much for you guys. You guys can help me here. I, I wasn't going to call this the the what the fuck pod uh, episode because you know what the fuck with the jazz, but. <laughs> 
I, I, I guess it's still, I, I think it still counts, but man, with, with the Taco Bell talk, man, that, they, there's a lot of places it could be. Just go Yo Kiro. Yo Kiro. <laughs> Yo Kiro, good jazz. Yeah. Yo Kiro, jazz buena. Hey, Yo Kiro, I don't care what you use as long as you throw my major league stuff in there. <laughs> if you don't use that, then. Fuck it. I, 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 I don't even want to be a part of this. Yeah, he's, he's like, <laughs> we're like we like cut Brian out. you edit him out of the show. The whole thing. I didn't even exist. Any mention of me. Oh man. It's just a figment. I, I hope heard it. I hope you guys feel better. Like I'm uh, you know uh, Brian Brian has joined the pod officially and quit three times in the same last <laughs> thing. Um, no, hey, hey, you guys you guys think it was crazy because I was sending notes. It, it, like 20 minutes before we got on, I at 8:30 in the morning, I was sending who YouTube links. Yeah, saying, yep. "Hey, this is how I feel." Yeah, put this shit in there. Ugh, um, just a recommendation. Just real, a real quick, do you three feel a little bit better now, having having um, uh, airing some of your grievances on the pod here? Uh, no, I mean the, the, the jazz still fucking suck. We're thinking about everything else yeah. good in life, which is Taco Bell's hookers and cocaine. So, <laughs> I, anytime we can work Festivus into a conversation, I feel good about it. That's uh, just me. Because like Jared, Jared, I'm uh, you know this is I can't gonna... relate to the the hookers and cocaine shit, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my life is good overall. So. <laughs> Jared, you're so close minded. Get it together. Um, uh, because like I'm, I was gonna say, Republican. Jared, <laughs> Jared uh, was hoping was, was holding a, a safe spaces after like I, we thought it was kind of funny. Like oh, we better hold a space after the Lakers game, and you know that went well. I, and then, but then after the Rockets, they're like, "We can't do it anymore, guys. We 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 can't, we can't, we can't do it again. We can't do it again." The Rockets, were, were, you know, you have to get right before, Jan, you know, Deathuary came upon us, and you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens with Deathuary. I mean, Fuck. again, it, it, if you guys are following the same timeline I'm I'm following here, you'll be here in three weeks, and then you'll understand, like, okay, you know, the sky was falling for a minute, and we'll be okay. <laughs> So I, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to change. I mean, I, I, my, I mean, I, unless oh. I adjust my expectations to being like just a decent team, but I, I think my I, my 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 soul has been crushed as far as do I, I think they're feel... a championship contender. But thanks for bringing it back up. But we're moving to a Man. good place. <laughs> I feel terrible. I feel terrible for not shouting out my guy, a Filipino Heritage Week. So, at Times New Roman twelve. Oh, I think he is like the, one of the quintessential. Filipino jazz fan follows who just I followed that guy for years and he's consistently a great tweeter. I'm mad that you and he me... does not get enough love generally. We give gets it all the love in the world because yeah. he's awesome as well. I'm, I'm mad that you made me. I was, was going to shout out some Filipinos, but I was afraid I might I... get it wrong and be racist, so I'm going to keep doing <laughs> myself. <laughs> I, I, know I'm a, I know I'm a I'm guest like, yo. Can I give a shout out? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Am I allowed? The, the produce I, corner I is just, open. I just got to say, it, it, this is much along the lines of uh, what Logan will typically shout out but just somebody who's gonna stroke and massage my ego a little bit <laughs> i i gotta give some love to uh zach lovell at z train 21 this is a guy i've i've been going back with for a few months and uh we both seem to have a just a passion for sports media baseball especially and uh so he's sent me some job links and uh he and i have been trying to get together for a while now but he just somebody who follows along who's uh, a big jazz fan and is just 
trying to break into the business. Like all of us are faking it through. So, good, you know, hey. best wishes to Zach and at Z Train Twenty One. Hey, you and you are actually working for actual sports organizations. So, I mean, kudos to you guys, man. As far yeah. as my, as far as that as doesn't far as my mean mom, we're any better than any of y'all. That part's true. It also doesn't pay uh, well. The, so, <laughs> no, the, as far as far as my mom knows, this I am part of an official jazz media member. She's seen the Rocky Mountain Review pass from a couple of years <laughs> ago. And is she, is she at the grocery store right now, or is she made home by the end of the? Nice. All I'm going to say, and I'm not going to sell her out too much here, but, you know, this little weed talk, you know, Barney knows a little more about it than what you'd think, so. Barney, <laughs> you mink. Uh, oh, Barney. <laughs> I, I, I knew Doug was a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> Doug, just ring, Doug, Doug just ringing his hands and we're cursing Bubby Brister's name is what he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Bubby Brister, Brian Greasy, it doesn't matter. I'm a Broncos fan, and everybody sucks since John Elway and one year of Peyton Manning. So here we go. That's true. That part's true. Doug, Doug, <laughs> Doug, gave, me the, Doug gave me the sick addiction that it is the Broncos, so it's all hey, I, I was trying to think of the name Bubby Brister earlier tonight as I was describing to my wife my fanhood and how sports media has kind of drawn the joy away from fanhood. And Bubby Brister was the name I couldn't come up with. But that's the perfect example of, you know, it's just not worth caring because Bubby Brister is your quarterback. <laughs> well, and, also, and, and, and also undersold part of Bubby Brister, which I feel obligated to say every time because I want him to think about this, is he ruined Terrell Davis's career because he came in through a pick. Terrell Davis blew his ACL out trying to make a tackle on a Bubby Brister fucking interception. So Bubby Brister, burning uh, hey, hell. Have you ever listened to uh, Mark Schlereth? He, he talks about a huddle with Bubby Brister where Bubby Brister tried to exalt the squad with the word camaraderie ship. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tell you all you need to know about Bubby Brister. As if the name Bubby Brister wasn't enough to make you think that. <laughs> that makes hey, it even better. Camaraderie ship. That guy's a fucking meme. What the hell? Camaraderie ship. Camaraderie ship. Camaraderie ship. Well, folks, and I'm. Uh... Clip it. Hey, we hey, we hey, got to hey, end because out, I need to my 49ers. Shout out to my 49ers who beat the Cowboys, even with uh, the ineptitude of Jimmy G. Hopefully he Fuck gets. Em. Hopefully he gets hurt in the first <laughs> quarter so Trey can take over. Guys, <laughs> sorry, I, I had a seizure. Fuck guys, em. guys, we need to end. I Taco Bell closes Jimmy G soon. I need to go. Jimmy Jimmy need... Dude, Taco Bell's gonna close, guys. We need to go. All right, Logan. I, if you want to talk 49ers. I, no, I'll, I don't. I'll come <laughs> back with that conversation. Uh, I, Jared, that's if it. You want to talk 49ers? We'll see you guys next time. We can do it without text.
that, that Taco Bell rant was legendary. That might be the best segment we've ever <laughs> Taco Bell was the, the restaurant that survived, Demo- and Demolition Man is one of my favorite movies. And so it's a real, it's a real love-hate relationship with Taco Bell. <laughs> that is true. If it's good, yeah, it's good. Now no, all restaurants are Taco you're Bell. You're not allowed to swear. Yeah. Now, so I, do you want that existence? <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to use the seashells. I just sound like it's confusing. <laughs> I saw. I have spent time trying to think about how to use the seashells. I don't. No, I, I, still I, don't I was, was going to say you can you can Google it and go down some interesting theories on because no one really knows. Sandra Bullock, Jesus Christ! Oh, Sandra, the one that got She's away. Aged well, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah, she has. I've been having a crush on Sandra Bullock in fourth grade. It's oh my strong, god, so. Speed. Yeah. She's a, yeah. What oh, a yeah. good film Speed was, just because of her. The proposal. Absolutely. Proposal. She's still in her prime. Oh my goodness, Jared. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, man, it's the younger dude. The younger dude." <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, go to the boss lady. Oh my god! Come on, man. Oh. Dominate me. Oh. Yeah. A proposal? Really? Oh my god! Oh, you're going to be exalting Matthew McConaughey we before did, we're done. We did, we did, we went from Demolition Man speed and then, oh, the proposal. <laughs> oh. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? It's like a wet dream. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Oh, wow. Where's the leave button? <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's got He's got it saved somewhere so he can play. You can play Jared screaming "Dominate me" next to that old Sarah Todd clip where Sarah's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, that's fantastic! Uh, I'm so glad I could just uh, do that, baby. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a cold shower. Yeah, yeah. I, moist, moist. Who, who? If you can clip Brian just saying "moist" and send it to me. Moist, um, moist. 